One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Redman TV and your latest edition of Expert Insight. Now, I'm delighted to say I've got elite performance coach and the former head of fitness and conditioning from Liverpool Football Club, Darren Burgess, joining me. Darren, how are you doing? You good? Good, Dan. I, I missed the accent, although it's a bit of a, a hybrid there, but yeah, doing all right, mate. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, good man. I appreciate you coming on. I really do. Yeah, we're going to have a good old chat. Obviously, Liverpool in the midst of pre-season now. I'm going to talk about how important pre-season is, essentially, and just what managers look to get from it. And we're going to touch on sort of the training elements moving forwards as well. But it's a fascinating one because... Jurgen Klopp kind of bemoaned last season's preseason just how bad it was a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one differs and sort of, like I say, how crucial it is. But before we get into sort of the crux of the conversation, obviously you were at Liverpool some years ago now. I think you left in 2012. So before we get into it, you mentioned sort of the, uh, you're missing the accent there. How much did you enjoy your time over here? I loved it. Loved it, Dan. Um, both my kids were born there. So from a personal point of view, I've got two little scousers at home and and they love that fact. Um, look, it was a tumultuous time. The, the club, to be honest, the performances were pretty shit, to be honest, because uh, I got employed by Benitez. He got sacked uh, before I even met him, really. Then Roy came in and then Kenny and then Brendan and... Um, yeah, so the owners changed and so it was a bit of a rough time, but from a footballing point of view, from the ability to sort of live a childhood dream by by working at Anfield every every weekend, working with some elite talent, it was great, loved it. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. Yeah. In terms of like I say, dream jobs, they don't really get much better. I mean, I'm pretty lucky in what I do, let alone what you've got to do there. So you mentioned sort of the managers there, but I wanted to ask you, training-wise, in terms of what you see in day in, day out, who was, from sort of a fitness and a physical perspective, during your time in the club, who was the best trainer that you worked with? From a fitness and physical point of view, seeing um, people like Glenn Johnson's ability to just to get up and down the ground constantly, um, from a purely running point of view, you know, from a mechanics, watching Fernando Torres was just, and I know I got him after the 2010 World Cup, so it wasn't his best time, um, but I worked a lot with him one-on-one and, and yeah, his ability to move was like a leopard, like it was just great to watch. But purely from a training intensity, uh, day in, day out, it was Suarez and Gerard were 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 equal top um not necessarily because they were the fittest but just their um the 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 level that they trained at was just incredible 
Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I had a feeling those two wouldn't go without a mention, to be honest with you, because you don't get to be that good without training hard, obviously. And were they the two who would say, because you often hear stories about like, oh, they, they'd carry on after training, they'd stay behind and do extra work, et cetera, et cetera. Would you put those two in that category as well? For sure. Uh, Louise in particular would be in the indoor area playing uh, a form of two-on-two two, um, with with Maxi, you know, Raul Morelos at times, Lucas, um, uh, Fabio Aurelio when when he was fit, and they would just play for an hour and a half, two hours after training. And I started to to try and pull them up a little bit, and in the end, it, you know, it was pointless because they were having fun. And um, why am I going to stop them? You know, they're some of them are world champions without my help, so I'm pretty sure they they're going okay. You know, so. Uh, the other one was Dirk Kout. I should remember, yeah. should mention him. He was just phenomenal. He was at that level as well. But he was renowned for his work rate, wasn't he, Dirk Kout, on the pitch as well? Yeah, so it was no surprise either that he worked hard off it. Um, and just finally, before we get onto the actual show itself, um, you mentioned some of the managers you worked under there. Which one of them? I suppose, who did you enjoy working for the most would be the first question. And secondly, out of those managers, who really bought into you? Because again, times have changed now in terms of elite performance and elite sort of sport. And every manager buys into people like yourself and sort of the mechanics and the workings out. But years ago, that wasn't always the case. So out of those, who was the one who really sort of backed what you did and sort of trusted you and asked for you a lot? Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Um, from the Liverpool managers, uh, probably either Roy or, or Steve Clark, because Steve Clark, as, as you probably know, did a lot of the coaching, whereas uh, Sir Kenny did a lot of the, the managing. So, um, yeah, um, my conversations with Steve were, were daily and, and he really bought into it. He's one of the smartest people I've met in football. He really is. Um, superb in terms of his tactical stuff, and then Roy. I know the results didn't go Roy's way, but he he really bought into into what we were doing and and how it was set up. So probably a combination of those. Joe Brendan was really good. I didn't get to work with him for very long, and he brought his own guy in, Glenn Driscoll, who did a great job. Um, so he bought into the tactical sort of periodization that he developed um, from his time at Chelsea and a few other clubs. Um, so he had his own model, and that worked really well. Um, but yeah, pro- probably Stephen and and, uh, and Roy. Fascinating. Okay, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. You know what? With Roy, it's a weird one because you mentioned there the results didn't go his way. But in terms of sort of his his know how and his knowledge of the game, I, I didn't really. I was expecting him to say that because, like I say, although he didn't work for him at Liverpool, it, it doesn't surprise me that he would be one who'd really sort of look to sort of leave no stone left, loaf stone left unturned, if you like. Um, so let's get into the show now itself, then, Darren. Um, so yeah, I mentioned earlier, Jurgen Klopp really complained a lot about last year's preseason, said it wasn't right and it didn't work. He didn't stand us in the best stead for the season that came after. So to kick us off, then how how much importance do managers place on preseason? Like how pivotal is this time of year right now? We've seen Liverpool go to Germany last week, which Jurgen Klopp loved. Obviously, back at home in the Black Forest, he was saying just how a, how good a camp it was for us. Now we're in Singapore doing the more commercial trip, if you like. So, in terms of what you've worked with, how big is this time of year for managers? Yeah, it is important. Where it's important, particularly in the Premier League, when you're in um, when you're in Europe, the first four or five games, you, there's no interference from European competition. So your preseason really sets up those first four or five games. After that, the players generally develop some pretty good match fitness. But as you know, those first four or five games, the confidence that you can get from you know four or five wins is is immeasurable. So. 
it's my opinion that that pre-season period just sets up a, those first four or five games and be integrating new players into the sort of cultural fit of your team. And mm-hmm. I'm with Jurgen, I've got a lot of close friends still at Liverpool who work with him and, and that's a really big thing um, for him and, and his team is to, to integrate the new players in. So it's really important for those reasons. And, and as you said, look, the commercial element at clubs like Liverpool and, and I worked at Arsenal for a few years as well, uh, it is massive. We get told when you're playing games where... Um, there's no input from any of the physical conditioning staff. And you're the one whose ass is on the line for if things go go poorly, you know. So um, I, I applaud Jürgen on standing his ground and saying, no, I, I want to go to Germany and, and I want to do it my way and then we'll have a quick trip to um, to generate some cash and then come back again. Um, so I, I think it's great what he's doing and it'll, it'll give Liverpool the best chance for sure. Yeah, it is interesting, like you say, how... Liverpool have almost bowed down. They've succumbed to what Jurgen Klopp wants this time. There's a little bit of give and take, obviously, because I say, I think if Jurgen had it his way, we probably wouldn't be in Singapore right now. I think that's fair to say. Um, but he's had to sort of bend and flex a little bit for the club's needs and, of course, what he wanted. So I wanted to ask you as well. We often see, and we've seen it yesterday, we've essentially two different teams for each half. Is that something that's driven by people like yourself? Would that be sort of the the data guys behind the scenes saying, no, he can only play? And we often hear about sort of red zones as well. Is that basically all behind that? Yeah, it is. There's there's a, I guess, a suite of monitoring tools that you collect and and people like me work with the statisticians and the physios to sort of say, okay, is this something we'll ignore? Is this something that we won't? And then we'll communicate with the coach and say, uh, you know, Dan's um, probably only good for 45, 50 minutes today, um, particularly after travel and all those things come into it. Um, there's probably, at most Premier League clubs, there'd be six or seven measurements that that we take each, well, probably twice a week, and they all, pre- uh, you know, draw a picture around each player and how they're coping with the travel, the training, and all that sort of stuff. So um, ideally, you try and build up those minutes, um, but you certainly want each player to have experienced at least one 90-minute um, match before the Premier League starts. Um, that's my belief anyway. Some might think differently. But um, I think if you go in with, you know, uh, 30, then 45, then 60, then 70, and then you play the Premier League, as you know, um, you're asking for trouble because players haven't been exposed to that before. Hello, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that little part of my chat with the brilliant Darren Burgess. If you want to watch the rest of the show in full, head to redmenplus.com, sign up as a captain or a legend, and you will get the rest of my chat, plus all the other amazing content that we have over for you on Red Men Plus. So get over there and get it done. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 